Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fan podcast. Uh, this is the Bass Fishing for Noobs. And uh, today I'm interviewing one of our own, Mr. Brad Hicks. How you doing today, buddy? Good, man. How you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I'm excited about uh about this new opportunity I'm getting here, and you know, all y'all inviting me on to uh, do my own segment on here. And, yeah, uh, we're all excited too, man. It's it's awesome. This thing's blowing yeah. up. It it really is like, you know, paddle and fin takeover here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for it. But uh, Brad's gonna come on today, and he's gonna talk about uh, and talk about chatterbait, which is a newer lure in my arsenal. I don't know a whole lot about it. He's gonna give us a little insight about that. And he's going to talk about river fishing, which I haven't done a whole lot of. So uh, that'll also be pretty educational for me. So uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with river fishing? Or you want to start with where are we going to go? I, either one's fine with me. I mean, I, I have a little <laughs> bit of experience with the chatterbait, so I could just share a little bit uh, what I've learned this year from it. So. Just whatever you want to know. Well, yeah. To to me, it is a chatterbait basically a like a jig with a little a little um, blade on it. I guess you can call it. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this earlier today because uh, I, I kind of had a feeling that's something you'd want to talk about. So the uh, I look at the chatterbait as a uh, like a swim jig type thing but with something that like vib- makes it vibrate the, the blade that makes it vibrate so it's basically a swim jig so anywhere you would throw a swim jig you're going to want to throw a chatterbait okay see i don't have a whole lot of experience with swim jigs mm-hmm. either like football head jigs is what i throw mostly whenever i'm using a jig mm-hmm. but um i haven't used a whole lot of variety of jigs so yeah. um what what kind of colors are you looking for whenever you're like picking a swim jig? 
Uh, it depends on water clarity. Honestly, uh, if I'm fishing clear water, I'm going to throw more natural colors, obviously, because uh, those fish, they're, they're, they're looking for something that looks natural. And that clear water, it's hard to like disguise the bait. So you got to make it look as natural as possible. And then <clears throat> the, the more stained you go throughout the water column, the more like darker colors you can use and you can get away with using like uh, chartreuse colors and orange and uh, black and blue, of course, in muddy waters, which I've been killing it in muddy waters with black and blue this year. Uh, I don't know, just regular black. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, June bug color stained in muddy water. So that's another good one. Yeah, the whole muddy water thing, like that, that's a good mental note right there because it's been raining so much this summer that mm-hmm. the water's been basically staying muddy around here. Like, I, I don't know, it's crazy how much rain we've gotten for summertime. That we haven't had like, a drought at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, See, it's funny you mentioned that too because uh, we've we've had – Lakes and rivers flooded almost all year round uh, up until maybe the end of June. But uh, the, these uh, these bodies of water, they've just been really muddy and really, really stained. So I've been throwing that black and blue <clears throat> quite a bit this year and having a lot of success. I've learned a, a lot this year just from fishing muddy waters alone. It's, it's kind of forced me to get out of my comfort zone and try to learn more about it. But... Um, yeah, that, that black and blue chatterbait in muddy waters, it's, it's been killer. I've won a tournament off of it this year. I caught, I was the only guy to catch a limit that day and the, the water, you could not see, you couldn't even see an inch down into the water. So it was that, it was that dirty. So I guess I've, I've been kind of, I've been kind of blessed with the water being muddy because I've just, just because of the stuff I've learned from it. So it's just been a crazy year. <laughs> yeah. The, I, you know, I have a hard time cause like, I don't even have a depth finder on <laughs> my kayak. And, um, so, you know, clear water, you can kind of see, you know, <laughs> what's down in the water. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you can see the fish or whatever, but, when the, it's muddy water, you you can't really see anything down there. So unless you know the water real well and know where structure is down there and stuff, you it's uh you, you're just it's a suit in the dark. <laughs> yeah, you just it definitely is. I mean, I, I'm not a real big deep fisherman guy. I don't really know how to read electronics very well either. So. When I'm throwing that chatterbait, I'm looking for structure right against the bank. I'm looking for, uh, I don't know, I don't know, six to five feet deep water. You can see weeds coming up to the surface. Um, that's where I'll be throwing the chatterbait. Next to that, next to laydowns, next to trees, you know, any brush pile. I mean, Anywhere you would throw any kind of jig, basically, but I, I, I've noticed they definitely shine when you throw them near weeds. It's, it, that's something I've been looking out more this year because, I, you know, I never really looked for weeds before this year. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it's pretty sad after five years of, you know, bass fishing that I've kind of avoided weeds. But to me, it was like, oh, I'm just going to get hung up in that and stuff like that. And so uh, this year, I've I've kind of learned, like, no, that's where the fish are going to be. You won't want to get in those weeds. And uh, back in the spring, I went out with some buddies, and the water was real low. We were in this, uh, what they call Stewart's Creek down here. It kind of goes into Percy Priest Lake. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the water was low and there was a bunch of weeds in this area that I knew from last year was covered in water in the summertime when the water is back up. So 
when I went out, I went out there back in June and uh, I went over there to where those weeds were and I just I started throwing a whopper plopper over top of them and bring them back to me and I caught a fish so like where I was avoiding grass there was probably fish there that entire time yeah so that they're definitely always in the grass so uh, throwing top water right above that they're always looking up so that's that's always a good idea another good thing though <clears throat> when you're fishing like really thick th thick weeds when you can't throw crankbaits or uh, uh, chatterbait or anything uh, another good thing to throw is a uh, rubber worm and what you do is Texas rig that and then uh, tungsten weight and peg it with a uh, bobber stop so it, it slides right through those weeds with every little twitch right through those weeds and then you'll just hit you'll just feel like the uh, bass just slam it once you feel that you set the hook and pull them out so they're 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 in those weeds yeah. quite a bit throughout the summer because those weeds create oxygen as well so that, it's a good spot for them yeah i've, I've heard a lot of i've heard of, i've never heard of it before until this year like the whole bobber stop thing for mm -hmm. the weight on a texas rig and I, I haven't tried that yet. I need I need to try that still. But I just heard about it this year, so I don't text this rig a whole lot. I've never had a whole lot of luck out of it, but yeah, it's probably something I need to work on because it seems like it's a pretty big staple in people's arsenal. So oh yeah, I probably need to make it one of mine. Te Texas rigged worms are one of my favorite things to throw when it's really weedy. So. Like uh, Ber Berkeley Power Worm, that's probably my favorite, but a lot of people like to throw the Cinco as well. So you throw one of those in the in the weeds and let it jerk through, you'll you'll catch fish. I guarantee it. That's something. Like wh whenever I do throw a worm, it's usually like a four inch slider worm, and it's on a little slider jig. Do, do you know slider? It's a Tennessee-based company. It actually no, too terribly far from me. I don't know who they are. Uh, well, it's it's the Tennessee-based company. They're not too terribly far from me, but they got uh, like these little four-inch worms. And honestly, I've, I've relatively had decent success out of that. Those right there? Uh, it's kind of blurry there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's that. That kind of looks like they're grubs. Yeah, they it a, looks like a like grub. A four inch. Yeah. Well, that, uh, what I'm talking about, they actually have like a four-inch worm. And, okay. Uh, they got a they got a color called motor oil glitter, and oh, yeah. I've had decent amount of success on that. But uh, back to the chatter base. We we got a little <laughs> off subject there. It's all uh, good. What, what kind of trailer are you putting? Are you, do you put a trailer on a chatterbait? Or, oh, and yeah. if so, Definitely. what kind? Yeah, I, I love throwing uh, the uh, Z-Man. Uh, I, I, you know, the, the chatterbait's a Z-Man product. So I like to pair the Z-Man uh, Turbo Crawl with the Z-Man uh, chatterbait. And uh, that's that's been my go-to this year. I know a lot of guys like to throw the Razor Shad or uh, Kitek uh, um, swim baits as a trailer on the back of them, but I, I just can't. I don't have any luck on those, so I don't throw them. I know my buddy, he, he, he was fishing deep at the last tournament we did, and he was throwing the Razor Shad. He was letting that, uh, he was letting that uh, Chatterbait and uh, Razor Shad sink all the way down to the bottom. And then he would reel it slowly and just bounce it along the bottom, and he was catching fish doing it that way too. <clears throat> but yeah, that that turbo crawl, that that's that's my favorite trailer for the chatterbait. I only have one chatterbait that I bought right now. I need I need to buy some others and some different colors and stuff. But I look into that turbo crawl whenever I do to, for a trailer. Oh, they're they're awesome. I think you only get four in a pack, but I mean those. Their, their plastic is so so tough, man. You don't have to worry about it. I mean, yeah, I, I've caught fish on sea, man. Yeah, their their plastics are awesome. I love them. 
I've, I've only ever owned one Z-Man product mm-hmm. as far as soft plastics. And, uh, and that was like some five or six inch worms. They were uh-huh. on discount at a, at a place I was at. And I bought them, but I never really used them. But I left them in the toolbox of my truck and they just melted. So I'm not sure if that's normal for yeah. Z-Man or if, <laughs> it, like, yeah. they were just a big pile of goo. <laughs> I know whatever they use in their products, you're not supposed to mix with other plastics because it'll just make, it's like a chemical reaction, I guess, and they just melt together. So they tell you not to mix. So I, yeah, I That might have been it see. then because what, what I, I don't do it, so much anymore because I got a, a new uh, uh, what am I trying to say? I got a I got a new way that I handle my my used uh, baits. Like mm-hmm. after I after I take them off the line, um, I actually got a magnetic tray now that I put a piece of uh, oh, why am I blanking out right now? <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's it's attached to to my uh, kayak, and whenever I have some type of bait off of my line, changing baits and stuff, I just throw it in that magnetic tray, and it sticks to that and stays in there. And uh, so I pretty much just uh, let them sit in there to dry, and then I'll put them back in my box like later that night or the next day or something. But what I used to do was. I just throw them all in a pile on my kayak, and then when I'm when I'm pulling my kayak out, I'll just pick them all up and put them in the little side tray of my toolbox on my truck. Mm-hmm. And um, I think somehow those Z-Man um, worms got in there, and that might have been what happened right, right there because when I yeah. went back to get the stuff out, <laughs> it melted. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is, but they just don't play nice with other uh, brands. It's kind of weird. Now, that, that Turbo Crawl, just to get it off again for a second, that Turbo Crawl, are you fishing like a football head jig or something like that? Do you use that for those two, or do you got a different yeah. trailer you use for that? No, you definitely can. I, I actually don't throw football heads very much, so I really don't have okay. that much experience. But you, you can definitely throw them on the football head. So. That's cool, because I, I pretty much always have a football head jig tied on just because early in my, in, I guess you can say my fishing career, not really a career, but yeah, <laughs> uh, early in in that I, uh, that became my comfort bait because that's what I was getting uh, success with. And actually, if you could see right behind the camera here, this is my whole setup right here where I make my own football head jigs for my own use. Uh, but I've always used a, like a Zoom super chunk on them. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I want to try that turbo crawl because you ain't the first person I've heard talk about it. So I, I do want to give that a shot. Yeah, they're cool. I mean, yeah, I like them. That's that's all there is to say. <laughs> well, you ain't the only one, man. There's quite a few people out there to talk about it. Yeah. Um. So, in, in any other points you want to cover about the chatterbait before we move on from that, or we pretty much cover it all? Or? I think that's it. It's just everything I've learned this year. I think I've basically shared with you. Yeah. Cool. And we can always have you on again if you uh, learn learn some more <laughs> some more techniques with it that work and stuff. You know, yeah, and, and just you, a phone call away. Yeah, if you always uh, if you go out and use them, man, and then you you start to figure them out too, you can you can always have some I'm more. I'm definitely gonna try it. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna try it. But uh, let's move over to the to the river fishing. This is something I haven't done a whole lot of. Uh, one th- one thing with the river fish around here, there's a lot of rivers. Well, they called rivers, but they're pretty small and not much current at all. Like right down the road from me, I mean, a couple miles is the Duck River, 
it's mm-hmm. I I think it gets like a little wider, a little deeper and stuff on down. But the part near me is real shallow. It's not not a whole lot of current. It's pretty narrow. Mm-hmm. And when when I when I think of a river, I'm thinking of you know, I've got uh I've got family up in Evansville, Indiana. And that's right on the Ohio River. And the Ohio River right there is huge. Like it's yeah. really wide. It's got current and all that. So that's what I think of when I think of a river. What what kind of rivers are, are you fishing? Are you fishing like these big rivers like the Ohio River? Are you fishing like the smaller ones like that's close to me? Uh, I'm definitely more of a small, small, shallow river type guy. Uh, a little bit bigger than creeks, but you know, I mean, okay, definitely not the size of the Ohio River. Because when you get, you get to the Ohio River size, man, you're you're talking about. It seems like it'd be dangerous on a kayak. Yeah, <laughs> you're ta- you're talking about like deep, deep water, wide rivers, like a lot of traffic. I I think of the Ohio River. I compare it to like. Lake Cumberland and stuff like that. So, I mean, okay. could, I, I just wanted to, fisheries, but I just wanted to clarify yeah. that because you know that this segment is for noobs, and mm-hmm. I'm still quite a noob myself. So, I just wanted to clarify when people were talking about fishing rivers, what exactly they're talking about. So, you're talking about the more like smaller, uh, not a whole lot of not super fast current and uh, shallower. It, it depends. We, it it depends on uh, what you, when you say fast because we have a river here in uh, Ohio. It's it's not wide at all. It's probably the width of a street, maybe maybe a three or four lane street, and it's called the Mad River. And I found out why they call it the Mad River. It's a fast flowing river. I mean, I, I don't know what uh-huh. makes it fast, but man, it, it's not deep. It's probably two to three feet most of the way through with some deep holes throughout. But, yeah, that, that river flows fast. But like the rivers I fish, occasionally occasionally you'll come across uh, riffles where the water shallows and then dumps it dumps over like a waterfall type thing, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and then it deepens into a pool. That, those are the kind of rivers I fish. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've got some, like, similar rivers around here. Um, You know, we got, like I said, Duck River. We got, uh, there's the Harpeth River. It's pretty small. Uh, Stone River ain't too far away. You know, it's, uh, well, parts of the Stone River, you know, get a little bit bigger. But I'd say it's probably still safe for a kayak. I haven't actually put a kayak out there. I've been out there in a John boat. But uh, but it's also got its narrower parts to it. Yeah, that I have fished a little bit. But uh, so with fishing rivers, what what are you doing most of the time? Are you you know I've heard of people paddling up current and then just floating back. I've heard of people, you know, you go out with a buddy and they park their truck down at this other boat ramp and then you put the kayaks in and another boat ramp and just float down. So what, how are you handling that most of the time? Uh, during the week, I have a few honey holes I like to hit. So I'll park, I'll park my truck and then I'll throw my kayak in, in this spot. I'll paddle upstream to the spot, which is not far at all. Uh, that's kind of a pain, but cause the river does flow a little quicker in that spot, but I'll do that. And then on the weekends when me and, uh, Justin and Josh get out, we, uh, We'll all meet out, meet at the take-in, or not the take-in, the, uh, the take-out, uh, load, load all of our gear into one truck, and then we'll all ride in the same truck up to the put-in spot, and then we'll put in there, float down to the other two trucks. And then when we're done, we load up the gear in those two trucks and drive back to whoever's truck is at the put-in, and then unload their gear and load it into their truck, and then we all go home. Yeah, so so it sounds like you do a little bit of both of those techniques there. We're, we're yeah. paddling upstream and coming back in, a little bit of 
yeah. point A to point B. Yep. Um, what What's your favorite of that? Like, what What do you prefer to do there? I'd rather go point A to point B because I like to cover more water. Plus, th- those trips usually take us around seven hours, maybe. It depends on how many miles we go. But I- I'd say five to seven hours is a typical river float for, for us. I like doing those better. Okay. Um, if the current is moving pretty fast, like that river you were talking about that that's moving pretty quick, you know, a lot of, like, finesse fish. Are, are you doing any finesse fishing on that? Because, like, I'm, my thinking is, you know, if you're doing finesse fishing, it's a lot slower fishing. And so you cast out and basically you're done gone by it before you're ready to even reel in. Yeah. So uh, how, how do you, how do you handle that? The, those, those quick areas like that, they're real, really hard. But if, if they're shallow enough, I'll actually get out of my kayak and tie like a bungee around my waist hooked onto my kayak. And I'll just stand there and cast upstream and, you know, like let the bait drift back towards me bouncing off the bottom and like not having any slack in the line. So I'll be reeling constantly, you know, but, but the bait will still be hitting, hitting the rocks along the bottom. That's usually how you'll catch fish in the summertime. Cause those, those river smallmouth, they like to, they like to stay in that shallow fast water because there's more oxygen there. It, I guess it, it's the cooler water too. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just, that's just a real good like spot to go summer fishing. So if, I would never overlook like a foot of water, like raging fast water, because there's going to be fish there in the summertime. Yeah, that, that's something that I've learned this year too, just from uh, YouTube videos and podcasts and talking to people is, you know, I've always kind of avoided, you know, fast moving current mm-hmm. just because because of that reason, because, like, you know, it's pushing your bait around. You can't get it to do what you want it to do. And then um, discovered that, you know, that's where the fish are mm-hmm. quite a bit during the summer when it gets real hot because, yep. you know, that water's cooler. Yep. So uh, that that's something I got to keep in the back of my mind now whenever I, I do get out on rivers and stuff, so fish out there in that current. Yeah, there there's always spots to – get off your kayak and bank fish uh, on those spots as well off the side of the river. Cause when it's rocky and shallow like that, you'll more than likely have like rocky areas off the sides. You know what I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Where you can fish off of it and just cast. Uh, you always want to cast 45 degrees upstream and then let it float down too. So it also, I'll, I'll go through this too. The best bait to use in that kind of situation is like, just a grub or a swim bait on an eighth ounce jig head. So just let it bounce off the bottom. Those, those fish will attack it. I might have to give that a try. Yeah. You know, I, I usually, you know, I've, I've fished up here at the duck river, which is the one that's, you know, maybe a couple miles away from me. I've fished there a couple of times, um, since I had the kayak. Uh, which I just started kayaking last year. So it was a couple times last year. I ain't been there none this year. And uh, I've always kind of like, meh, with with going there. It's basically in my head somewhere that, you know, if I ain't got a whole lot of time or something, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go up there. Other than that, I'm going to like a, like a, large pond or a lake or a creek or something like that yeah so yeah i mean we we're not that far into this segment you're already making me want to go up there to uh <laughs> henry horton park and and get in the river there and try some of this Dude, out. i i love the river man the river's like my second home i i rather fish the river than any lake in the nation i mean i i truly I, I believe that with my whole heart, dude. I, that's just me. <laughs> I, I guess I have the Drew Gregory mentality. I just, there's something about moving water. Like it just has you hooked on wild waters is what, like what he says, but it, I have the same mentality as him, dude. I love it. 
it's a blast. <laughs> and well, I've only been fishing it for about uh, six or seven years. I mean, the first couple years river fishing, it, it's definitely hard, hard, uh, learning curve because coming from lakes, I grew up fishing lakes, go switching over to rivers, man. It's just like the first few years I fished the rivers, I, I was getting skunked all the time. I didn't know what was going on. So I just started reading and learning and watching all these videos and finally things started clicking and I just can't get enough of rivers now. So I'm, I'm going to have to get a little bit of that mentality and yeah. try it out. Cause you know, if I could get a love for that river fishing to where I just love going up here to uh, duck river, that'd make it so much more convenient for me because I can drive, you know, five, 10 minutes up the road and, yeah. And instead of, because anywhere else for me is about like a 45 minute drive. So yep. if I could just do that. Now, same way with me. I, I live about an hour away from like four different major lakes in Ohio. So it's not worth it. Plus I, I'm probably, we have three major rivers coming in downtown Dayton and I'm 10 minutes away from downtown Dayton. So I'm, I got like four rivers to choose from in my area. Oh, yeah. So you, you're good there yeah. then. Like you're <laughs> you're in heaven, basically. I, I firmly <laughs> believe that the, the rivers in Ohio is some of the best fishing we have to offer in Ohio. So everybody else is fishing those lakes quite a bit. They're, they're highly pressured. I don't, very, I don't see very many guys out on the river. So that's more for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I enjoy it. It's awesome. See, there's not a whole lot of people that I've seen fishing out there at, at Duck River in the part that I'm in. You know, if you go on down the river a little bit, you, you'll see more fishermen. I think it gets deeper where people start putting in boats, but mm -hmm. I'd be scared for anybody that puts in a boat uh, up here. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen people do it, though. I, we, we were fishing through uh, uh, nor northern Dayton one time, and guy just came up through these riffles on a jet boat right between me and my me and justin and uh we just looked at each other and was like what the heck we've never seen that on the river he just blew right through these riffles like wow that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> well you know if he slowed down then he had probably bought him out so he had to just keep it full throttle <laughs> yeah that's true it's crazy though um uh, one thing I did want to go back and touch on is you talked about like uh, uh, how did you word it? Did you say like like holes, like yeah, deep deeper oh, holes deeper in, in holes. the river. Now uh, it, this may be a stupid question, I guess, but is is that a good spot to uh, to try to find fish at when it gets hot in the summertime? Yeah. Because, so yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say because. Uh, in that there's like a canoe and kayak launch up here at you know we got henry horton state park up here and that's the part of duck river that i'm talking about and there's a canoe and kayak launch right there and uh when you go down there it's only like knee deep of water mm -hmm. but if you go straight across from from the canoe and kayak launch um there's there's a hole there. I don't know how deep it is. I I basically waded all the way across that river right there, and uh, and I just I saw that hole. I didn't try to test how deep it was, but I've always wondered like a I wondered in that deeper spot if you know there's fish hiding down in there. Yeah. So is that area right next to Fast Current or like Yeah Current? But okay. And then that right area? after this hole, right after after this hole it gets kind of swift for just because it the river narrows right there and so the water gets kind of swift right after that hole okay so the hole is it like kind of like non-moving slack water then i'm guessing uh i say like it start it I, I think right about there is where it's starting to get faster because it's right there where it's starting to get narrow. Mm -hmm. So all that water is trying to force itself down there all to get at all the same time. So it's, 
I don't think it's quite you know fast yet, but it's starting to move a little little faster right there. Okay, uh, it, it it might hold fish. I mean, if it's deeper and it's above a riffle, I, I know uh, above riffles there, there's there will always be fish right above riffles too. So you always want to hit that before you go through riffles if you're on a kayak. So, um, trying to think here, trying to best best way to describe it. You know, if there's current flowing downstream, and then you got like a little, it's kind of like current bouncing off of like a rocky point and then it causes like uh slow moving water or non-moving water right next to yeah. fast moving water that's typically yeah. spot all year round for fish so you'll want to you'll want to fish that where those two pieces the, those the two bodies of water meet the current and the slow moving moving water it's called a seam fish like to stack up there because food shoots right through there like a conveyor belt and they just jump out and grab it and then go back into the slower moving water. So that's always a good place to fish. Well see probably two or three years ago I actually went down to this same river pretty close to the same area. And you know, there's like like a point on the land that goes out and uh you know it's pretty good moving current at this little spot here. And the the current was going down. Then you got land coming out here, and then behind where that land is, it's real calm back there. Mm-hmm. And I went out there in like February or March one year and just bank fished, uh, took one or two poles, and and uh, not knowing this information that you're giving me here, just you know, like I said, I don't really like fishing faster water. I like fishing slow water. Uh, like right there, basically where you just described, I caught, I think I caught two fish mm-hmm. right there on a jig. Yeah. So I guess that was kind of a luck of the draw there, but now <laughs> I know to actually look for that, uh, for that type of thing. I always hit those areas all throughout the year. Cause I know there will always be fish there no matter what, unless it's super cold, then those fish condense and then, you know, go to their winter holes for the year, which I know nothing about. I cannot catch fish in the winter time on the river for nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, but, well, maybe, maybe hard, I man. can get somebody. Maybe I can get somebody to do an interview for me. The uh, when it gets a little cooler about yeah. catching catching fish in the winter time on a river, and then you know you can listen to this segment and you can learn something from it too. Yeah, Heck yeah. Well, I mean, I'm always learning, man. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. We're we're all always learning something you know some of us got a lot more to learn than others such, <laughs> such as me <laughs> but uh it's something uh, i was talking about with uh brian on uh interview i did with him on before i came over here to paddle and finn when i was still doing my own podcast is you know you even hear from the professional fishermen that they're they're still constantly learning new stuff mm-hmm. and and really you know, when you think about it, that's something that you got to do. You, if you want to keep catching fish, you got to keep learning new stuff. Yeah. New baits are like new lures are going to come out, and if they work, they're going to be popular. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, fish are going to get used to that, and they're not going to be as effective anymore. And then other lures that have been neglected and haven't been used as much, they're going to start, you know, being what. Uh, what get hit and you know it's just never ending cycle there yeah fish gets get smart to a certain popular technique so we're we're all always learning something or should be anyway oh yeah definitely agree with that um so i'm trying to think have we covered everything with with uh river fishing for the most part, that's basically the basics. I mean, faster moving current and water, or uh, in the summertime, that's where you find smallmouth and fishing those seams, man. Oh, that- and the eddies. You never want to forget the eddies. You know where uh, you have a current coming in, hitting the bank, and it's pushing water backward upstream. You ever seen okay. that? Yeah, hey, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there will always be fish there. 
that, that's always a good spot. Is, is it just kind of like trap the fish in there? Like a, I, like, I don't know exactly. Kinda, I just know it creates more current. You don't know the science of it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it just like mixes the bait up in there and it's just easy, easy food for them. Gotcha, gotcha. And, you know, you, you're talking about a small mouth, you know, no, I know we have a small mouth down here, but, uh, mm-hmm. and it, it may be small mouth fishing may be a bigger thing than I know about, but it seems like everybody I talk to about bass fishing is talking about large mouth down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these techniques, they, they should still work for large mouth, right? Like, they should. Our rivers up here, we don't have very many largemouth in our rivers, so I'm not quite 100% sure, but I know I've probably caught only a handful of largemouth in our rivers over the years, and it seems like they've always came off of really slow areas of current where it does, doesn't look like the water's moving at all, but you're moving probably half a, half a mile an hour, you know what I'm saying? But the, they'll yeah. be hanging... They'll be hanging around what what you would think they would be hanging around in a lake, like down trees and under shade and just all, stuff like that. that. That's what I'm going for because that's what I know. Like I said, I don't it smallmouth fishing could be a bigger thing than I know about down here, but it seems like everybody's talking about largemouth uh, down here in Tennessee. That could be because um, of your guys' lakes, though, too. I mean, your guys' lakes down there are amazing. <clears throat> I don't know if they... Uh, that's, that's what I hear. I haven't had much luck in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know you mentioned Percy Priest earlier. I, I've heard a bunch of good stuff about that lake. So Yeah, man. Uh, Percy Priest, I'm actually... Where I work at... Where I work at... I'm like maybe 10, 15 minutes down the road from it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can, can you hear me? All right. I, yeah. I, I think you kind of froze up on my screen for a second. Oh, okay. So, I wasn't sure if I was coming through. But yeah, it's like 10 or 15 minutes away from, uh, from where I work at. So, like, there's been several times where I'm like, hmm, I wonder if uh, my wife would let me load up my kayak and, <laughs> and uh, take it out there after work one day. Heck, but, you uh, might as well try. I, I haven't really, yeah, know, right. <laughs> but I, I haven't really been on Percy Priest since I've been in a kayak uh, too much. I've been in Stewart's Creek, which comes off of Percy Priest. Mm-hmm. You know, that's actually one of my main spots that I that I like to go to in the kayak is uh, Stewart's Creek. But uh, you know, I'm I'm. I'm still learning. I don't really know where to find the fish, like springtime, summertime, fall, like whether they should be up in the lake, whether it should be in the creek and stuff. So, uh, but I I do want to get out there on the lake more. I I finally upgraded my kayak this year. Mm -hmm. You know, last year, like I said, was my first year kayak fishing. And I just, a buddy had bought a, uh, pelican challenger 100 and he had it about a month and he's a taller dude and he wasn't real comfortable on it so he bought him a, another kayak and so i bought that from <laughs> him and that's what i was fishing on all last year and part of this year up until june and uh i finally upgraded to a, a vibe seaghost 130 so now i got something a little sturdier a little more comfortable so i feel a little better about getting out on those big lakes with with bigger boats, you know, creating wake and stuff. So I definitely want to get out there and try that sometime. Well, heck, man, there's a kid on YouTube uh goes by the name of Owen Chamberlain. I don't know if you heard of him. Uh, his uh, home, home lake is Percy Priest. I, if I were you, I'd get on there and watch his videos, man, because he, he, he's always on there catching fish, nice ones too. Yeah, I, I need to check him out then because, you know, he can't be too far away. I might even be able to convince him into letting me go with him sometime. <laughs> yeah. So he, I mean, he's, I, I, he's a good fisherman. So yeah, I'm sure he has some tips. I don't, I don't think 
think I've heard the name. There's a chance I might have saw a video mm-hmm. of him, not knew who it was or something. But I'm, I'll definitely look into that. Uh, I think we pretty much covered everything I was wanting to talk about. Can you think of anything else that you know you were wanting to cover about? No, rivers I, or chatterbaits. I guess I can go through my favorite river baits real quick. Yeah. Hey, shoot! We're talking about river fishing. <laughs> let's 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 figure out what's working on the river. Yeah. So, like I said earlier, uh, I I've gotten away from it, but uh, three inch grub on an eighth ounce jig head that always seems to work. Um, I've been using the uh, Z-Man Finesse TRD quite a bit on the Ned head this year. I've been I've been getting a lot of success on that, even in quick water too. So. That's been a good one. Of course, top water. I, I like to throw the buzz bait, uh, tri tri wing strike king uh, uh, buzz bait, and the whopper plopper. Of course, um, oh, the whopper plopper. That's <laughs> that's become one of my favorite lures right there. It's a good one. It's a good river bait, dude. I, it, it, if you find rocky banks, steep rocky banks with like current moving, throw it near those banks. You'll you'll catch fish. I guarantee it. Yeah, I'll definitely. I'm definitely gonna have that in my in my Plano box whenever I hit yeah. the river. <laughs> it's you a good know, pe- people people give it such a hard time, but man, for somebody that's had a hard time catching fish at all, it it's really done me some good. Oh yeah, hey, who cares, man? Who cares what others say? Use whatever. Yeah, you as long as you're catching fish, you know. Exactly. It's no different than a buzz bait in my mind, so it's whatever. Yeah, it does have have some similarities to a buzz bait. Yeah, other um, buzz bait don't float, but it's whatever. Who cares what other guys say, man? <laughs> as long as you're happy out there and you're if it's fish, you know. It ain't cheating, so there, there's yep. no harm in using it. I, I, I ain't ashamed of it, you know. Um, <laughs> but but I was gonna I was gonna say to you, you're talking about that three inch grub. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we were talking about slider earlier. Mm-hmm. They they make like some three inch grubs. Uh, I, I might have to get a hold of some of those and and let you try those out since you've never heard or used a slider. Might have to get a hold of some of those and get them to you. See, see what you think about uh, about these Tennessee lures or these Tennessee soft plastics. That would be awesome, actually. I mean, it'd be perfect for the uh, final cast product review segment that we have going on right now, too. So, I didn't think about that. That that would be a pretty good idea. I'm, I might have to get in contact with uh, with Slider. Yeah. And see if they uh, see if they want to get some reviews going on them. Get them a little more known, which they they are a pretty well known company from what I've seen. It might be mainly just here in Tennessee. They're known pretty well, but uh, yeah, they put they put out some good products that I like. So yeah, yeah, we we might have to reach out to them about the product review. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But uh, I guess we can start to wrap it up here sounds good let's see here let's let's go through uh through some sponsors here we got let's see we got rocktown paddle sports loveland canoe and kayak we've got hammered lures cow coyote sunglasses Sweetwater Brewing Company, uh, Fish Mob Lures, Southern Lake Co., uh, Mayo Kayak Anglers, and uh, the Recycled Plastics. Uh, that's what the the Plastics Recycling Program that you know you always hear from Brian and them. Um, yeah, just. Save all your used soft plastic, and you know, send them to uh, to uh, Hammered Lures. Address will be in the show notes for you. 
But uh, I think I covered everything there. Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing your knowledge with chatterbaits and river fishing and all that good stuff yeah no problem and uh for any any listeners that you know there's going to be listeners from the paddle and fin podcast that probably never heard of me or the podcast i was doing which i i wasn't real big yet i i pretty much just started but uh yeah i I had my own podcast before i was asked to move the segment over here but uh for any of my listeners that didn't know paddle and finn before i moved over here to join them um you can you can catch brad on fridays him and uh frank johnny uh, <laughs> doing uh tournament recaps and stuff you know yep. they they put out some pretty interesting stuff and, you know that got it to where all five days of the week got something coming out on Paddle and Finn now. So it's really cool. A lot of information being put out there. A lot of uh, just a lot of knowledge and experiences and all kinds of stuff. I just I really like what Paddle and Finn is becoming, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, man, I am too. It's awesome. But, uh, but yeah, so. Uh, I guess tight lines and smooth paddling. <laughs> See y'all. <laughs>